your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 749 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and I think we've got a new grand champion as far as best Ranger win of the season is concerned. And anybody who watched that game last night, or even if you just saw the highlights, uh, you know exactly why that is. The Rangers uh, defeating the first place in the Western Conference, Dallas Stars, by a final score of 2-1 to one in overtime, winning the game in what was nothing short of spectacular fashion. You've got Keandre Miller tying the game in regulation at 1-1 with less than a second remaining. And then Adam Fox winning the game a little bit more than a minute into the overtime period. A couple of highlight reel goals that we're going to break down in great detail in just a second. We're going to talk about just the insane conclusion to this game, the third period and the overtime. Also want to get into uh, the new line combinations that the Rangers went with going into this game. Obviously, Chris Kreider was unavailable with his upper body injury. And so Alexi Lafreniere moved up a couple other changes as well. Uh, so we'll definitely discuss that. Also going to talk about some of the late game line changes that the Rangers made and why I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea given the way that this game was going. I do think that sometimes they change lines too much, but I think it at least made some sense, uh, once again, given the way this game unfolded. Also going to talk about just a nasty collision between Sammy Blay and Julian Gauthier and, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed that they're both okay. Blay returned to the game. Julian Gauthier did not. But let's go ahead and uh, just dive right into it here uh, as far as the conclusion to this game. So for starters, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the line combinations. Basically, the only thing that was different is you had Lafreniere in Kreider's spot on the top line on the left wing. He also took Kreider's spot on the power play. More on that in a little bit as well. Uh, you had Barclay Goodrow at the left wing spot on the third line. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski was centering the fourth line. Then they made some combinations uh, that were different in the third period. You had a kid line reunion. You had Mika, Krasov, and Goodrow. And you had Panarin, Trocek, and Vizi. And again, you're searching for something because this game was a little bit of a slog. It was very, very different from the game that the Rangers and Stars play, played against each other um, earlier this season when the Rangers beat the Stars 6-3. This is more of a defensive struggle and uh, high-quality scoring opportunities were at a premium. You know, you see that the Rangers beat the Stars 2-1, and you know it's Igor against Jake Ottinger, two of the best goalies in the world, and you probably just figure, if you didn't see the game, oh, man, that must have been a goaltender clinic. And they were both very good. You know, they both made some uh, really nice saves in some really big spots. But it wasn't really about that. This is more of just kind of a defensive struggle and a lack of scoring opportunities being permitted by either side. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's go ahead, get to the big finish here as far as how this game ended in regulation and what happened in the overtime period. So uh, you get the stars, you know, the Rangers have Igor pulled, so it's six on five. Uh, the Stars are able to get the puck into the neutral zone with 30 seconds remaining. Keandre Miller gets the puck, shoots it back in with 23 seconds to go. And I'm going to spare no detail here because both these goals were awesome. It's the best win of the Rangers season. So fair warning, we're going to go over both these goals in a lot of detail here. I don't want to leave any stone unturned and uh, discredit any play that anybody made here. So once again, Miller shooting the puck in with 23 seconds to go. You got Kako up the right side, plays it along the boards, 
back behind the net. Uh, Trocek is behind the net. He plays it around to Panarin on the other side, you know, along the boards. Panarin passes back to the blue line to Ke'Andre Miller. Now, Miller obviously tied this game and made a great play when he tied the game. He made a great play here, too, because when Panarin passed to him, you know, Miller's right there at the point. He's got a defender bearing down on him. I mean, coming full speed at him. Miller's got just a split second to do something with the puck, and he's able to corral it. You know, it wasn't right on the tape. He had to kind of reach for it and then played it uh, back up the boards. Uh, you get the puck going back around behind the net to Trocek. Trocek back up the boards on the right side to Fox. Fox back around the boards behind the net to Trocek, and then Trocek passing to Panarin along the boards. And we'll just pause the play right here. There's about eight seconds remaining. But how many times did I just say along the boards? The, the Rangers really had to work here uh, just to maintain possession of the puck. But, you know, sooner or later, you got to get the puck away from the boards. You got to get toward the net. You got to give somebody a chance to hopefully get the game winner. And they were trying. Um, but the Stars were defending very well, and it was all the Rangers could do to just you know, keep the play alive and maintain possession of the puck. Because if they give up the puck here and the Stars get it clear, that's pretty much going to be all she wrote for this game and the Rangers are going to lose. So uh, to unpause the play, again, there's eight seconds remaining at this point. Panarin's got the puck, once again, along the boards. Uh, he plays it toward the front of the net with eight seconds remaining. And at this point, it's just a wild scramble. You've got four Rangers uh, pretty much in the crease or near the crease, trying to stuff this puck home. Mika was there. Trocek was there. Kako and Fox were both there as well. Puck comes back out. It's moving, you know, toward the Ranger blue line. And Trocek, you know, he, he tried to chase the puck initially, and he got his stick on it for just a second. But a really, really smart play by Vincent Trocek here because, as I mentioned, he deflected the puck as the puck was moving away from the Dallas net. But he was smart enough not to continue to chase it and to try to get possession of the puck. And, you know, his momentum was carrying him away from the Dallas net. If he picked up the puck here, he would have had to you know, stop himself and just kind of throw the puck at the net. And it's just kind of a wing and a prayer at that point. But I think Trocek saw that Ke'Andre Miller was approaching the loose puck here. And I think he recognized, okay, that's our chance right there. Miller's going to have a much better chance of scoring here than I'm going to have. And, you know, Miller's moving toward the net. He's got his momentum behind it. And you got to figure if you're Trocek or just anybody watching this game, that what Miller's probably going to do is just wind back and blast a slap shot and hope for the best. That's about all you can do at this point in the game. And that's what Miller did. Uh, wound back, cranked a slap shot. It got blocked by a Dallas defender, but Miller was able to get it back, takes a wrist shot, just puts it at the net, and he scores, and he ties the game with less than a second remaining, 0.9 seconds left to be exact. Uh, just awesome. Keandre Miller, man, I mean, he's he's becoming a superstar. As I mentioned recently, his slow start to the season was just so confusing. I, I just could not understand what was happening there for the life of me because he looked like a budding superstar toward the end of last season and in the playoffs, and he's back to, to looking like that very same player. But Keandre Miller was on the ice for two minutes and 25 seconds here. And a lot of these six Ranger players, you know, I just mentioned all of them, uh, they were all on the ice for a long period of time here. And I think Henrik Lundqvist in the studio, he made a great point after the game. He pointed out that, you know, all these guys were on the ice forever. And, and you know, I'm sure they were tired, but they just kept grinding. They just kept working. Uh, I mentioned a second ago how the puck was along the boards for seemingly an eternity there. And the Rangers were just working and working and working just to keep the puck away from the stars, just to maintain possession, just to give themselves a chance. And obviously their hard work paid off in a really big way here. But, you know, the Rangers, like I said, th those six players were on the ice forever. And I think that might have also had something to do with the way that the Rangers started the overtime period, because it wasn't the usual suspects that were on the ice uh, to start the OT. You had Hedl, Lafreniere, and Schneider, none of whom were on the ice at the end of the third period there when, you know, all that craziness was going on. So they were fresh. 
Um, you know, there is a little bit of a break between the third period and overtime, but not really that much. And in Gallant's estimation, probably determined that the six guys on the ice need a little bit more of a breather. And maybe, maybe, you know, he was also kind of giving those players a vote of confidence, Hedl and Lafreniere and Schneider. And the one thing that's not ideal here about starting these three players is that means that Philip Hedl is going to take the face off. Uh, Hedl this season is succeeding at a rate of just 39.1% on the face-off circle, but he won this face-off, and uh, Lafreniere was talking about this after the game because he was asked about, you know, starting the overtime period, and apparently once he found out um, that they were going to start, you know, him and Hedl and uh, Schneider, he looked at Hedl and he said, we got to win this face-off, and Hedl took care of business there, pretty much won it clean, and, you know, Hedl, Lafreniere, and Schneider, not really any great scoring chances, but the one thing they were able to at least do was maintain possession of the puck for pretty much their entire shift. You know, the Stars might have had it for just a couple of seconds. Rangers took it back not long after that. And we are getting deafening let's go Rangers chance. There's arenas in this league that I don't think even get this loud in the playoffs. And this is a regular season game. And, uh, you know, the crowd, they're all jacked up after the way that the Rangers tied this game. And it's great that at the very least you have a point. But let's be real here. You, you tie a game in the fashion that the Rangers tied a game at the end of regulation here, you want to win that game. Forget about an overtime loss and forget about, well, you know, it's a point in the standings. No, you want to win this game, uh, come hell or high water. And the Rangers are able to do that. Uh, Philip Hedl and Lafreniere, they eventually get off the ice. Panarin and Mika jump on. And then Schneider, not too long after this, is able to get off uh, for Adam Fox. Uh, Schneider leaves the ice and Adam Fox jumps on. And then uh, just a complete scramble, complete chaos. Uh, Mika makes a pass to his left to Panarin in the neutral zone. Panarin picks up the puck near the Dallas blue line and kind of close to the boards. And I don't even know how he did this. I mean, I, I guess the answer is he's Artemi Panarin, but he's able to just basically slip past a Dallas defender despite not having a lot of room here. You know, again, when he received this pass, he was a couple feet away from the blue line, cross over the blue line, and the defender's there. He's in position, and, and Panarin basically just went to the outside of him along the boards, slipped right past him, went to the net, uh, Ottinger with a really nice save there to uh, momentarily keep the Stars alive. Uh, the Stars get to the rebound, and they're about to skate away with it, but Mika Zibanejad is there. He immediately knocks the puck loose, basically as the Stars were trying to skate away with it. Uh, Mika picks it up in the in the crease or near the crease there. Ottinger pokes it away from him, and it's still laying there. And at this point, you know, Mika Zibanejad has fallen down in the crease. Uh, Panarin's he's there too. He's trying to get to the puck. All three... Dallas skaters were there as well. So again, it's just complete chaos, a complete scramble. Everybody, you know, either trying to knock the puck into the net or at least get possession of the puck if you're the Rangers or if you're the Stars trying to just get it out of there. But eventually, Panarin finally gets control of the puck. You've got uh, Adam Fox crashing the net. Panarin makes a really short pass to his right to Adam Fox. You got a defenseman down on one knee. Uh, so Fox hits the brakes pulls the puck to his backhand, and scores into the far side of the net. And uh, like I said, I didn't want to leave out any details of these two goals, but what a win. I mean, that place absolutely exploded. Uh, the Rangers were fired up. And again, you know, you don't want to use this term too loosely, like every great game, and just say, oh, this felt like a playoff game. But this one did. It was low scoring. Everything was very tightly contested. And of course, uh, as many playoff games do, you get uh, some fireworks near the end and a really exciting finish. And the Rangers winning in overtime here. And if I could be permitted just uh, one humble brag here, one very humble brag uh, about uh, the way this game unfolded here. So our last episode, we did a preview crossover edition with Dane Lewis from Locked on Stars, and Dane does an awesome job uh, with his show. Definitely recommend that for anybody listening. Um, 
But if you saw that episode where we teamed up with uh, Dane for the preview crossover episode, you will know that I predicted that the Rangers would win this game 3-2 in overtime and that Adam Fox would score the game-winning goal. Close enough, and I am never going to top myself. I I think the only thing that maybe could have topped this, uh, if you guys remember last season, I I said that I think Igor Shesterkin is going to get an empty net goal before the season ends, and then like three days later, he almost did. He missed by, you know, just a couple of feet, but... uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't think I'll ever top myself on that one. So uh, that that was awesome to see that happen. And I mean, look, I don't really care who scores the overtime winner. If the Rangers win this game in any fashion, it's going to be awesome. Even if it wasn't for like all the heroics, if the Rangers just had like kind of a whatever, you know, three to two win, four to two win, that's cool because you're beating a team that's in first place uh, in the Western Conference coming into this game. Or they were tied with Vegas, but close enough. You get the idea. They were up against a heck of a team and the Rangers have now uh, beaten the Stars twice this season. But we got a whole lot else to talk about. Uh, you know, Chris Kreider, his injury, and how that affects the lineup. Uh, going to talk about Lafreniere and how he fared with a little bit more of a prominent role in Chris Kreider's absence, uh, the Blay and Gautier collision, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And we will do all of that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Bilt Bar. What makes Bilt Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with one of our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about uh, the injury to Chris Kreider. He is out with the upper body injury. He is considered day-to-day. Obviously, he's one of the best players on the team. And if you're a fan of this team, which I assume most of you are, uh, you keep your fingers crossed that he can get back sooner rather than later. You know, the Rangers have been really fortunate, knock on wood, uh, with injuries so far this season, and it feels like over these last two games here, they're they're kind of paying for it all at once because, you know, we'll get to the, the injuries to Gautier and Blay, and even VZ was shaken up a little bit, but all of a sudden, man, it's like the walking wounded, and it's funny because when Gautier and Blay both got injured, you know, there were no guarantees that either one of them were going to come back. Obviously, Blay did and Gautier did not. Uh, VZ was shaken up near the end of the first period, and I'm thinking like, man, we might be down to nine forwards here, and at that point, like, not even kidding, I was wondering, like, is Keandre Miller, because he used to be a forward, he used to be a winger, you know, in his pre-NHL days, are we going to have to move Keandre Miller back to the wing, you know, for, for part of this game and go with five defensemen and, like, ten forwards? Uh, there was no way to know for sure. I mean, I don't know if that's something the Rangers would keep in their back pocket for a situation like this, but uh, I had to figure it was at least on the table. But um, as far as Chris Kreider goes, yeah, I mean, he's out of the lineup, and the Rangers go back to a line combination that they briefly went with uh, right before the holiday break there. Top line of Alexi Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, and Capo Caco. And this trio did pretty well for themselves before the holiday break. 
Uh, the first game out of the break was a rough one for the Rangers. They lost, I believe it was 4-0 to the Capitals. And Gallant shook up the lines, and that was pretty much the end of that trio, which, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of them. But Kreider, you know, for the most part, you're going to want him in a top six role. And that's what the Rangers eventually went back to. Um, but, look, obviously we want Kreider back. I think the one silver lining here, though, is that it gives Alexi Lafreniere, uh, for as long as Kreider's going to be out, gives him a chance to, to play a little bit more prominent role and maybe get him going a little bit. And I thought he played uh, pretty well in this game. It was just one of those nights where there weren't a ton of scoring chances really for anybody. And he probably got a few more than uh, most players in the Rangers. And we'll talk in greater detail about Lafreniere in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, we've already kind of gone over the, the line combinations. Panarin, Trocek, Krasov, then Goudreau, Hedel, Vizi, then Blay, Brodzinski, Gauthier, and then also the aforementioned in-line adjustments that Gerard Gallant, uh, you know, went with uh, toward the end of this game, trying to get something going for this team. Um, but as far as Chris Kreider and, and the impact of him, I think this is the kind of game that uh, Kreider really could have helped the Rangers because, you know, like I mentioned, there weren't a ton of, you know, quality grade A scoring chances. And I think this is the kind of game where you know it's going to be low scoring. It just had that feel, you know, even just a handful of minutes into this game, this is not going to be a high scoring game. And so that being the case, you look for Kreider to maybe score on a deflection, maybe score a dirty goal, you know, cleaning up some loose change in the crease. Uh, I think for sure he could have maybe helped in that regard. Maybe Kreider would have bagged one in a game like this. Um, the other area where Kreider certainly could have helped was special teams because the Rangers went 0 for 4 on the power play. The Stars went one for one, and Kreider's a big part of both units, and uh, obviously he's not out there, you know, to help in that regard. And, you know, Lafreniere was in Kreider's spot on the top power play unit. And again, I don't think he did anything wrong, but I think he just really would want to have Kreider and somebody of his skill set available for a game uh, such as the one that we saw last night against the Stars. Um, the other thing I want to mention, you know, while we're talking about Kreider here, is they replaced him with Lafreniere on the power play which I think a lot of people are going to like that, gives them a chance to maybe get going and, you know, maybe contribute a little bit more offensively. Uh, the one thing that I saw a couple of people mentioning on Twitter, and I'm going to mention it right here right now, is that they put Lafreniere, like, literally into Kreider's spot. He was the net front presence, and Trocek was still the bumper on the top power play unit. And I think a lot of people were looking at it as, you know, maybe with Kreider out of the lineup, maybe it would make more sense to have Trocek as the net front presence. You know, that kind of fits his skill set, gritty style, and, uh, you know, he's not afraid to mix it up at all. So maybe you put him in front of the net. And Lafreniere, you know, he makes some some quick, sharp passes, so maybe he would be better served in the bumper role. So I can understand wanting to see that, you know, that alignment as far as the top power play unit is concerned. Um, I also see this side of it too, though, the way that the Rangers actually went with it, because you're missing Kreider, you know, do you really want to like completely shuffle the deck and, and move Trocek to a spot that he's not used to playing and, you know, have Lafreniere uh, in the bumper spot? Do you want to like, you know, really reinvent the wheel and, and move people around? Maybe you should, because obviously the Ranger power play hasn't been that great lately. But, you know, I, I can understand with the Rangers, you know, not necessarily wanting to uh, reinvent the wheel uh, just because one player is missing from the top power play unit. And so whoever took credit spot, was going to quite literally take his spot and be the net front presence, whether it was Lafreniere or, or maybe Kako, uh, Hedl, you know, they're, they're all candidates, but the Rangers went with Lafreniere. And as for Lafreniere himself, you know, again, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, there were a couple things early in this game that were, you know, a little bit shaky from Lafreniere. He had a turnover where, you know, his pass was stolen in the neutral zone, but then on that very same shift, uh, you know, Lafreniere went in on the four check, laid a big hit on his guy. Um, there was also... Uh, a situation in the first period where Lafreniere had the puck in the Rangers zone. He was skating out with it, 
tried to make a move on the blue line, and the Stars took it away, and you had kind of a quick developing two-on-one. Uh, fortunately, the Stars basically just kind of shanked their shot and, you know, were not able to convert there. But uh, not a good turnover on that one from Lafreniere. But, uh, you know, he did contribute. And again, there weren't a ton of scoring opportunities for either team. He did contribute to a few of them for the Rangers. There was a play, I want to say in the third period, I can picture it in my head. The Rangers were definitely shooting to the left, you know, right to left on the screen. Um, yeah, first or third period, but Lafreniere uh, received a pass and made a great behind the back, behind the back pass to Mika Zibanejad. Just moved it right across the top of the crease. Uh, Mika's shot was turned aside from in deep, uh, so they were not able to score. But an awesome pass by Lafreniere on that play. And then there was uh, also a play in the third period where you have Fox playing the puck toward the net. Awesome deflection by Lafreniere here. Uh, just an even better save by Jake Ottinger. And Lafreniere also had a tip-in try in the power play that went wide by, you know, just a couple of inches. So I thought overall he had a good game. The only one play that was not so great was uh, that turnover where he was approaching the Ranger blue line. That was not ideal. But for the most part, Lafreniere played well. And again, a game where there weren't a ton of scoring opportunities. Obviously, not many people were on the score sheet, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, again, just just an awesome win for the Rangers. And uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Want to go ahead and uh, talk about the Blay gotier collision. Also want to talk about the Rangers' power play struggles. And, uh, yeah, also a waiver claim that the Rangers made. They pick up Jake Lecision from the Vegas Golden Knights, who was placed on waivers. So we're going to get to all that stuff in just a second. But first, we just got to let everybody know Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to basketball to hockey, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as for this Blaine Gauthier collision, this was nasty. This happened in the first period. Felt bad for both guys. It's one of those things. I don't know that it's really anybody's fault. I mean, Gauthier wasn't really watching where he was going, but he was watching the puck and watching the play develop. And, you know, the two of them basically just smashed faces together. Just a, a scary collision. They were both bleeding. Uh, Gauthier looked like it was cut under his eye, and Sammy Blay was uh, bleeding from the mouth. And they both immediately go to the locker room. And then, you know, this happened late in the first period. And then even later in the first period, you got Jimmy Vesey blocking a shot with his hand, and uh, he was hurting on the bench. And so, again, like like I mentioned a second ago, we, we might be down three forwards here, and that's when I started thinking, like, maybe Ke'Andre Miller is going to end up playing forward and, uh, you know, go back to his pre-NHL days. But, um, you know, as, as it turns out, uh, Sammy Blay was able to return. Jimmy Vesey, I don't know, I don't think he ever missed a shift. I mean, he was out there at the start of the second period on the bench. And then right before, you know, the puck dropped, we saw Blay come out of the locker room and, and rejoin his teammates on the bench. Looked like he might have had some stitches on his mouth. But yeah, you know, just again, just a nasty collision. And it's one of those things, you're almost a little bit surprised um, that it doesn't happen a little bit more often than it does. And the other thought that I had, you know, after this happened, and I see Sammy Blay return to the bench. I'm thinking like, 
This has got to be the night where Sammy Blake gets his first goal as a New York Ranger. This man deserves a goal. I mean, I, look, I know he hasn't played great for this team. I know there's certain fans that would like the Rangers to move on, go in a different direction, uh, maybe call up somebody from the AHL, whatever it might be, maybe make a trade. Um, but I think he's given it his best every single game. He has not been the same player. Not that he was a superstar player before this, but he has not been the same player since, you know, obviously that horrible knee injury that he had uh, last season. So I'd have loved to have seen Blay get like a dirty goal in a game like this, low scoring and everything. But um, props to him for for being tough and gutting it out and uh, going back out there and continuing to play. Uh, Gautier, like I said, he never returned. He was ruled out with an upper body injury, which is an interesting way to say that he smashed faces with one of his teammates. Um, but yeah, he was ruled out. Not sure if he's going to be available in the next game. Gautier's taken a beating lately. You know, the, the game against uh, the Wild, he took that big hit from Reeves, uh, bounced off of another player on the Wild, and uh, he was ruled out from returning to that game as well. So uh, Gautier, you know, hopefully he gets well soon, uh, having the best season that he's had really ever since joining uh, the New York Rangers. But obviously, fingers crossed that Blaze's okay and VZ's okay and Gautier's okay and Cryer can get back into the lineup. Like I mentioned a second ago, uh, the Rangers have been very, very fortunate with injuries up until basically these last two games when all of a sudden they're dropping like flies. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that, you know, all these guys are, are okay and they're healthy and uh, they can get back out there sooner rather than later. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Ranger power play, though. Uh, they need to start converting. Look, they were 0 for 4 in this game. Sam Rosen mentioned that they were 0 for their last five coming into this one. So they are now 0 for their last nine in the last handful of games here. It was a night where, you know, the Rangers, I wouldn't say they were anemic, but I don't know if they were just like overthinking things or being a little bit too deliberate. One thing that I definitely noticed is they were not creating enough traffic, enough havoc in front of the net. I, I wish the Rangers, because in the game against the Wild, I, I thought the Rangers, not just on the power play, but in general, they did a really nice job of just, you know, getting guys to the crease, getting guys in front, creating a little bit of chaos. And there wasn't really a whole lot of that uh, on this power play. Maybe part of the reason for that, as I mentioned earlier, was the absence of Chris Kreider. But you know, I gave them a little bit of a pass against uh, the Wild, despite them not scoring at all in that game. I can't always go to the whole thing like, well, you know, they looked dangerous. They, they looked good, but they just didn't score. First of all, they didn't look as dangerous on the power play in this game as they did in the last one. And secondly, they didn't score. Sooner or later, got to find a way to put the puck into the net. And uh, hopefully the Rangers will solve their power play issues sooner rather than later because it's a big part of this team's success. And after being so good on the power play last year, I believe number four in the league, you know, they're falling to the middle of the pack. They came into this one uh, 15th. So, you know, they're they're probably 15th or worse now. I haven't checked the stats, but you get the idea. They're a middle-of-the-road power play, and um, they, they got to figure it out sooner rather than later in that department for sure. I don't want to be, you know, too negative here because Rangers just had an awesome, epic win. You know, the, the last second goal and then the overtime winner. Um, but, you know, I, I was planning on talking about the power play a little bit, so I wanted to do that uh, regardless of the outcome of this game. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention here before we call it a day is a move that the Rangers made uh, claiming Jake Lecision on waivers. Uh, Lecision is a 23-year-old center, a lefty shot, five foot 11, 190 pounds. He is a former second-round pick by the Vegas Golden Knights in 2017. He went number 62 overall. He has played in 63 career NHL games, but just two goals and four assists. And this season uh, with Vegas, uh, 22 games with Vegas and uh, no points. Zero points in 22 games for Jake Lecision. So, you know, I can understand why they claimed him on waivers. Obviously, he's somebody who went fairly high in the draft. 
but and he's still young. That that's another thing. And you know, you can never have too many centers in this league, whether it's on your NHL roster or guys in the pipeline, whatever it might be. Uh, Lecision was the healthy scratch for this game. We'll see if he gets into a game sooner rather than later. Uh, Gerard Gallant mentioned the idea of he's hoping to get him into a game uh, at some point. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. And, you know, we'll talk about uh, Lecision in greater detail in a future episode. Right now, just kind of wanted to basically introduce him and, and go through the cliff notes here of Lecision. But I will say there's kind of a developing storyline on this team where you've got a lot of different players battling for those fourth-line spots. You know, the, if everybody's healthy, you got to figure Barclay Goodrow, I mean, he's certainly not going to be out of the lineup, and he'll probably be on the fourth line. So Goodrow, you have him probably centering the fourth line or maybe playing le- left wing if uh, Johnny Brodzinski is in the lineup. But Goudreau's going to have one of the fourth-line spots if everybody's healthy. But then you've got guys like uh, Brodzinski and Blay and Gautier and now Lecision. Uh, maybe Carpenter gets back into the mix at some point. Maybe Will Cooley is a call-up for the Rangers at some point. There's uh, a lot of uh, names in the hat for basically just two spots on the fourth line for the Rangers. So that's going to be an interesting storyline to track going forward. You know, Gautier right now, i got to believe, if he's healthy, has a pretty firm grip on one of those two spots just because he's you know played fairly well. But would I be stunned to see Julian Gautier, you know, as a uh, as a healthy scratch at least a couple more times this season? No, I wouldn't, because that's just uh, how it seems to go for him. I hope he's not, because if he's not a healthy scratch, it means that he's playing well. Um, and then the other, you know, aspect of this is that the Rangers at the trade deadline seem likely to add bare minimum one forward, maybe two forwards, maybe three forwards. I mean, who's to say for sure? But that might also squeeze some of these guys out of the lineup. But it's going to be an interesting uh, position ballot track going forward, uh, that is for sure. And Lecision, just the latest guy to kind of throw his name into the hat here, and uh, we'll see if and when he makes his debut for the for the New York Rangers. Um, the other thing I also want to mention is there is, uh, you know, all-star voting open for the fans right now. The NHL has announced some all-stars, uh, one from every team, and, of course, Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers. But the Rangers keep putting this graphic onto the uh, onto the screen, and it's a picture of Mika, Panarin, Fox, and Kreider. And it's like, yeah, go vote for these guys. We, we as a fan base, need to come to some kind of an agreement here, some kind of a movement here where we figure out which one it's going to be. Because if we're spreading our votes for, you know— one of four players, and the votes aren't going to add up enough for any single one of them. And so we might not be able to get them in. I think it probably should be Adam Fox, honestly. And obviously what he did last night, the way he's played recently, uh, that does not hurt. But Adam Fox not being an all-star would be criminal because, I mean, he's one of the best defensemen in this league for sure and uh, certainly somebody who will be in the running uh, for his second Norris. Um, Only other thing I want to mention here before we call it a day, uh, mentioned Will Cooley just a second ago and the possibility of him possibly being eventually called up to the New York Rangers. Uh, Cooley is going to represent the Hartford Wolfpack as an AHL All-Star. So big congratulations uh, to Will Cooley. And like I said, we'll see. I think it could go either way as far as whether or not he makes his Ranger debut at some point this season. But uh, with the Wolfpack, Cooley has played in 34 games. He has a team-high 10 goals. He has 7 assists. Tied for second on the team with 17 points. He's tied with Tanner Fritz with the 17 points. Uh, Turner Elson leads the way for the Wolfpack with 19 points, and uh, Cooley is also a plus one. So once again, a uh, big congratulations to Cooley, and uh, we shall see if he makes his New York Ranger debut at some point uh, this season. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers 
YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.